Hello and welcome to an episode of the Giant Take Podcast, but not just any episode, a New York Giants playoff preview, Super Wild Card Weekend, New York Giants versus Minnesota Vikings. It's our game to win. It's our game to win. I'd like to repeat that a third time. It is our game to win. Let's take revenge for that game, Greg Joseph game-winning field goal on Christmas Eve. We can do this. We were so close to doing it before. Yeah, the stakes might be a little bit higher, but this team, getting Adoree Jackson back, we're going to talk about it. This team is here and they're ready to win under a new head coach, under a new GM, but especially under our head coach, Brian Dable. And with the Giants have spread this week, it is our way. So let's go into Minneapolis. Let's stun those Viking fans, and let's do it our way. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by my friend and my co-host, Alex. Alex, you've never done this before. I just said it. Our first ever playoff preview to a game in Giant Take history since we've been doing this pod- this podcast the last three New York Giants seasons, and even before that because we started in April of 2020. It is now January 12th, Thursday night, January 12th of 2023. And here we are. How do you feel right now? This is a big deal. This is a big episode right here. I've got butterflies right now. The Giants are in the playoffs, but I don't think they're just in the playoffs to be in the playoffs. I think they're in the playoffs to win. Uh, and I'm excited, man. 4.30 on Sunday. Um, I, I just can't wait to see my Giants in the playoffs for the for what feels like an eternity um, and Black Monday did not strike the Giants uh, this past week as it has in the past few years. Is this coach going to get fired? Is this coach going to get fired? No, Brian Dable is here to stay. What a season for the Giants, uh, finishing 9-7-1 and and clinching their first playoff berth in five years. And it's just super exciting uh, to play meaningful football in January. Uh, not just this game in the playoffs, but these final few weeks in the regular season you know, meaningful winter football uh, is something that we have missed um, in New York, New Jersey uh, for a long, long time. And the Giants are bringing it back finally. Uh, and I couldn't be more excited. And hopefully we'll have a lot of fans going to Minneapolis. I already saw a whole bunch of people who are on Twitter saying that they'll be heading over. And hopefully that atmosphere is going to be great. Uh, and we can even hear some cheers for the Giants over those Vikings booze. And hey, you know, the Vikings are certainly favorites, but I think the Giants certainly uh, stand a fighting chance. And that game three or, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago now uh, on Christmas Eve against the Vikings could really be that motivator, that kicker, that game for the Giants that they can look back for, back on, put it on their bulletin board and say, hey, we lost to a 61 yard field goal. We can play toe to toe with these guys. We can play with them uh, and we can beat them. And I think that's going to be the attitude that Brian Dable and the coaching staff are going to be implementing uh, and, you know, kind of drumming into these Giants players' heads uh, as they head out this weekend uh, to in, uh, to Minneapolis. And hopefully, um, you know, we get the result that we want. Uh, you know, we could be on the other side of that game-winning field goal, hopefully, um, here in the playoffs. And Alex, you know that stadium's going to be going crazy no matter what because those Viking fans with the skull chants and everything, they're super into it. Uh, it's a dome. It's an indoor stadium, so it's already the noise level. The decibels, they're going to be pumping. It's going to be super loud. It's a playoff atmosphere. Um, and yeah, I hope that those Giants fans in Minnesota represent themselves well. 
I just want to do one quick thing of housekeeping uh, to start. I normally do this at the end of podcasts, uh, but this is a big episode for us. So I would just like to say that if you are a new listener here, please hit that subscribe button. We really would like you to join the Giant Take community. We do previews and recaps during the regular season, and we don't stop our coverage there. We even probably do more coverage during the offseason when it comes to the draft and free agency and things of that nature. So hit the subscribe button. Um, and if you're an existing listener, you've been with us the whole way since we started this podcast back in 2020 with those horrendous episodes in our, in our freshman year of high school, now being you know committed in our senior year to our respective colleges that we're going to. Uh, we appreciate you being along the way and we thank you for joining us for this one. So I just did the housekeeping. Now let's do a little bit more, but talking about the Giants uh, because we're going to completely jump to the future of 2023 as their opponents were released um, after the final results held between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. We'll go through that. We'll have to talk about what happens if the Giants end up winning this game? And then we will go to your in-depth preview of what's going on with the New York Giants heading into this game. So uh, let's go through their 2023 opponents first. The home games are going to be against, against the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Commanders, of course. They're also going to be playing the LA Rams, Seattle Seahawks, New England Patriots, New York Jets, and Green Bay Packers at home. Alex, do you want to cover the away games or do you want me to just keep going? You can keep doing the away games, but I would mention here for the home games, that Jets home game, it would have been better if it was away, I think, because uh, that way it's an extra, you know, kind of like a, a minus away game. It doesn't really count as one of those eight away games, um, and it would have been nice for the Giants not to have had to travel uh, like the Jets don't have to, um, whatever week that is. That's honestly a really great point, and I'm glad you bring that up because, yeah, I mean, it's it's basically a home game for both teams. So for the Jets to have that on their away sheet, one place they don't have to travel and stay in a separate hotel and they could stay at home throughout the whole week and practice at their own facility all week, it's a little bit of an advantage for them. Although at this current moment, I don't know how they're going to look in 2023, probably with a new quarterback that's not named Zach Wilson. Right now, the Giants organization looks much better than the New York Jets. So we'll hope it'll be the same when they play each other next year. Um, you then look to the away games, Dallas, Philly, Washington, same deal. We know how that is, NFC East. They also play Arizona, um, the Miami Dolphins, the San Francisco 49ers, the Buffalo Bills, the New Orleans Saints, and the Las Vegas Raiders away. Um, looking at the schedule so far, I don't want to make anything too crazy because free agency I wasn't happening at. New coaching GM hires haven't happened yet. The draft hasn't happened yet. But from looking at this in a 2022-2023 season perspective, this is another season where the Giants, if they want to, can go out there and they can win a good amount of games against some teams that right now look beatable. That's all I have to say. We're not, this isn't like we're going through one by one and predicting if the Giants can beat them or not. We're focusing on the wild card game this weekend. Super wild card weekend's coming up in just about four days. But that's all I have to say there. You know what I'll say? I'm not really focused on it right now. Yes, the schedule doesn't look too bad. But then again, a lot of these teams could be getting new quarterbacks just off the top of my head. Seattle, the Jets, Green Bay. You don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, Las Vegas, New Orleans, um, you know, San Francisco, we don't know what the QB situation is going to be like. So I think a lot of the that is going to be, um, you know, subject to this offseason because obviously quarterback's the most important position and a lot of these teams don't have uh, certainty at that position. But that's all I'll say about that. Um, moving on to the practice reps here for some of these Giants players who have been injured. 
Brian Dable said he expects Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, and Aziz Ojolari uh, on the practice field on Wednesday, which was true uh, in preparation for Sunday's playoff game against the Vikings. Um, the Giants re-signed defensive tackle Vernon Butler to their practice squad and released defensive tackle Jack Heflin on Tuesday, uh, January 10th. That was most likely, you know, Butler now back on the practice squad and Heflin now back off the practice squad. Heflin actually was called up for that final game against the Eagles. And then the Giants also signed wide receiver James Washington, a former Steeler, to the practice squad. Uh, they shifted uh, O-lineman Solomon Kindley to a reserves future contract, so he won't be eligible for the remainder of the deal, and that's how they made room for Washington. Um, and then he only started 25 of 62 games for the Steelers, catching 114 passes on 218 targets. It's about 52% cash, uh, catch rate, excuse me, and for 16, a little over 1,600 yards and 11 touchdowns in four years as a pro. Um, what Washington said is, my focus is on giving this drive good looks, great, uh, great looks to get ready for this game and go and win. Uh, as far as for me, I didn't want to be a distraction to the guys who have been here all year. Just want to do my part. I'm here to help any way I can and help them keep this run going. Uh, and that's James Washington on what he hopes to bring to the team. Um, you know, speaking on the offense or staying with the offense, I'd say. Josh, we have some news regarding offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, besides his uh, growing and very interesting beard to many of the beat reporters. Yeah, um, you you went you went ahead. You started with the Giants week, and that's completely okay. I just wanted to cover that one more thing uh, before we went to that. It's all right, though. Uh, I'll go back to it now, um, which was what happens if the Giants pull off this miracle uh, in Minneapolis. So the situation looks like this. Um, if they do end up winning, it looks to be playing against our NFC East rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles, if the 49ers win. They play at the Cowboys or the Buccaneers. They're going to be away no matter what. Uh, if the winner uh, of Seattle is able to upset the 49ers. So that's your scenario. We're focused on this game again. It's We have no idea if the Giants are going to win. It's 50-50. If anything, it's leaning towards Minnesota. Sorry, I just wanted to cover that uh, too before we went into the the preview, but it's all good. It's fine. We'll continue from where we left off, uh, which is Alex uh, throwing me to the Mike Kafka wave. And yeah, so Mike Kafka, I don't know if I expected this. I mean, I, I guess it, it completely makes sense with him, with Wink Martindale, uh, you know, getting head coaching gigs and head coaching, not gigs, but at least getting offers and interviews from teams. But I didn't expect it this early because I guess we're not used to this. If we were the Giants of last year, we would already be looking for that new head coach heading into the playoffs. But since we're in the playoffs, I'm like, this is early. Like the playoffs are just starting. But it makes sense for the teams that are not in it. So the Panthers and the Texans have requested an interview with Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka for their head coaching positions. That was per Tom Pelissaro of NFL Network. Kafka addressed the media, said, I do not want to talk about this right now. My focus is completely on this week. And rightly so. He's got a game to prepare for. Um, so um, so he's got to obviously prepare for that and keep this, this team ready for what they're about to withstand on offense or more, most likely uh, for him on defense um, with the players on defense uh, for the Vikings. All right. Um, I think I now want to head over to a fun promotional video that the Giants did 
um, that was really, really, I guess, uh, you know, really pumped up Giants fans. Uh, they released a video with Super Bowl champion Michael Strahan, exciting for the, you know, exciting fans for the playoffs. Um, and the G-Men have embraced the new catchphrase, our way, as a rallying cry for the playoffs. Um, they made a t-shirt and, um, you know, that was kind of a whole big thing. And it, I guess it's kind of their fun message for the Giants being back in the playoffs for the first time, you know, in a few years now. And uh, I really like it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm not like a big rallying cry person. So I guess it's, I'm not the one to ask like how exciting it is. Uh, but I know Josh was uh, very happy about it. And I know a lot of people were pumped up about that promotional video. Yeah, definitely got my blood started to boil in the right direction and the in the hyped up way, I should say. Uh, Michael Strahan, as we know, the Super Bowl champion, he is, um, you know, coming back to film that in where it looks to be the Giants locker room and they have the highlights throughout the season coming through. It was towards the beginning of the week. I think it was on Tuesday. You know, it was early in the week. And by the way, this week, I talked to Alex before recording. This week has felt so long. Maybe it's because I'm just counting down the days and the hours until this Giants game. But it's really felt so long. And Strahan kind of got me in this playoff attitude. So um, I was really excited about that one. And yes, definitely, hopefully, we're going to win in our way. Let's now talk about Brian Dable in a press conference that he had this week. He was talking about the team. Uh, but not just the team, the players on the team. They don't really have much playoff experience. I think it's 17 players on the current Giants roster uh, do have playoff experience. In regards to that, Brian Dable said, I think really what matters is taking advantage of your opportunities when they come. And playing a good football game and coaching a good football game, Dable said. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I really think it's an overrated thing. So Brian Dable, obviously, meaning the overrated thing is like that your team doesn't have much playoff experience. And I honestly agree with him. I mean, these guys are professionals. They're pro football players. They're getting paid a lot of money to play the game. So I know it's it's kind of weird to be like, well, what's the difference between playing the game in the regular season and playing a game in the playoffs? I, I understand that. It's a completely different being. Uh, but these guys, they're ready for it. And I think you could tell by their juice throughout the season um, but especially in that win and in game a couple weeks ago, Alex, I think you could really see it on the players' faces and how they performed to get that dominant win. They knew they could win, and they were able to show it against the Colts. Now that's the Indianapolis Colts, a different story. But it had kind of the the feeling as a Giants fan, and I think as players too, of a higher stakes game. Even though in all the press conferences they were like, "Yeah, we know it's winning in, but it's just like any other game of the week." I think they knew in that locker room, they all thought individually that they knew the stakes of that game. They knew if they went, if they won, they were going to the playoffs. And I think it was really a playoff atmosphere in MetLife Stadium uh, a couple of weeks ago on that Sunday. So honestly, I can say this team is already ready because they've had an opportunity like this before. It's just like that, but it's the actual playoffs now, and it's a wild card game. And they know. If we win, we move on. If we're out, that's the season. We go home, uh, and on Monday, we go to our locker room and we clean it out. So I'm sure none of the players want to do that. I know none of the players want to do that because they're all committed to this one goal, and that's winning it all. Yeah, I, th- I think this is all about togetherness. This team has been all about togetherness this whole season. Ups and downs, few games losing, few games winning. Um, but at the end, they were able to come and win that all-important game against the Colts, like you mentioned. And now this is another all-important game you know, win or you're out. Um, and I think that that's going to be the motto here from Dable. Uh, in addition to the stuff I said earlier, uh, when you, you know, did the intro there, Josh, um, Dexter Lawrence was voted first team, all pro 
that's kind of like a, a fun um, thing I just wanted to add in before we talk more about uh, the Giants injury report, which could be a little bit sad for some people or happy, depending on how you look at it. Um, but Dexter Lawrence had a great season, seven and a half sacks, um, and hopefully it's just more to come. Could he possibly get a big, you know, big long-term deal this summer uh, or this offseason, excuse me? I think it's certainly possible, but we'll have to wait and see. And it was certainly smart picking up his fifth-year option. Um, now moving on to the injury report. So from Wednesday, uh, the limited players were John Feliciano with the back, Adoree Jackson, knee, Aziz Ojolari, ankle, Jason Pinnock, shoulder. He had a red no-contact jersey on that day. Uh, today, he did not, that being Thursday. Leonard Williams had a neck injury. He was limited as well on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, Adoree Jackson was limited. Marcus Johnson was limited with a knee injury. Evan Neal was added to the injury report, limited with an ankle injury. Aziz Ojolari with an ankle injury. Jason Pinnock, or Pinnock, excuse me, with a shoulder injury. And Leonard Williams with the neck injury. And that's your Giants injury report. Um, not much, uh, you know, improvement, I guess. John Feliciano did come off the injury report, so that was certainly good news. But then Evan Neal and Marcus Johnson were added on, um, and we'll have to see what the game statuses will be coming out tomorrow or today when you're listening to this. Um, now, I guess we'll move to our game picks, NFL picks, before we talk about uh, going deep into our predictions for this weekend's game against the Vikings. Uh, last week in our NFL picks, I went eight and seven. Josh went nine and six. And this week, we're moving into playoff time. Only five games to pick from uh, six, if you include the Giants. But you know, we don't count that in our uh, standings. I guess you can say 49ers, Seahawks. Um, I have the 49ers. Josh is the Seahawks. Chargers uh, and Jaguars. We both have the Chargers. Um, Bills, Dolphins. We both have the Bills. Bengals, Ravens, we both have the Bengals, and Buccaneers, Cowboys, we are split once again. I've got the Bucks. Josh has the Cowboys, obviously both of us rooting for a Bucks win there. Um, Josh, who are your players to watch here for the game against the Vikings? You're moving very fast right now, Alex. It's, it's, it's a lot for me. Uh, I, I wanted to go back to Dexter Lawrence on the injury report. Sorry, not Dexter Lawrence. Evan Neal on the injury report. Um, Dexter Lawrence is in my head because of the first-team All-Pro uh, congrats, congrats to Dexter Lawrence on an amazing season, obviously setting a new sack record for him. Uh, a great job there. Moving back to the Evan Neal situation on the IR, which you completely ran over, I felt like. Evan Neal on the IR is a huge deal. Not on the IR. Inju- IR also stands for injured reserve, not just injury report. Just want to clear that up. <laughs> this is correct. But the injury report, regardless, is a is a big deal. Having him go on that on Thursday, four games until four days until Sunday. And not saying he's been too good. Uh, we know that he started, you know, when you would think, oh, the Giants are not playing their starters on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles in the final game of the regular season. Well, guess who played? Evan Neal. So it doesn't seem like Brian Dable, I, he probably wanted to get him to get more reps because he's a rookie and he hasn't had that many opportunities uh, of success so far this season. So I think it was a mix of giving him more reps but also, he hasn't earned that respect from Dable to, okay, you're going to get bench. You earned it. What did he do? He had a couple of false starts. I think it was two or three. And it's, he still seems to struggle in that game against Philly. So do we want him in on Sunday? Yes, I would rather have him in over a backup. So definitely something to keep an eye on with Evan Neal uh, on the injury report going into this game on Sunday. And 
that's scary stuff that he gets put on there now on Thursday. It would be different when Brian Dable earlier in the week, I know he's not going to reveal this stuff, but it wasn't like something that was bothering him on Wednesday, or maybe it was. He did a full practice rep. I don't want to assume. Just odd, whatever it is, that he gets added on Thursday after practice or for practice when the Giants also did practice on Wednesday and he was nowhere to be found in that injury report. So just keep a lookout on that stuff. Alex, do you have anything before I now go to my players? Yeah, I wasn't really too concerned about Evan Neal's situation with his ankle. He has had ankle injuries throughout the season that he's been mostly playing through. And obviously he was only limited. He did not go on the did not practice list, I guess you can say. So as much as it's, you know, kind of a, I guess an eye shock to see him on the injury report. I wasn't particularly concerned um, for Evan Neal, but we will have to wait and see, I guess, tomorrow or today when you're listening to this about what his game status will be, which I guess, which I'm guessing will be questionable. Um, but who, you know, I, w- I would assume he's on the better side of questionable would be my guess. Obviously, I have no idea, um, you know, to the exacts of his injury, but just going off of what we know about when he was put on you know, in what category he was placed on. I think this is my, you know, best educated guess, I'd say. But yeah, you you go ahead uh, for your players to watch. So one goes with the other with my players to watch. Uh, I'm going to start with my Vikings guy. It's going to be Justin Jefferson, uh, the number one wide receiver in the NFL. It's, it's an obvious statement. I don't think there's anyone better than him. Maybe debatable to some. For me, Justin Jefferson is NFL wide receiver one. And... He's my player to watch for the Minnesota Vikings. He's Kirk Cousins' number one target. The Giants lost the game because of him. I think it was partially because of the system that the defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, put out there. The blitz and then the screen that Jefferson got. Obviously, a screen is the number one play you want to have against a all-house-send uh, type of blitz system. Well... You can blame it on the defensive coordinator, but as a defender, as a player on defense, you are supposed to make a stop no matter what happens, no matter what system it is. The Giants were not able to stop Justin Jefferson. He helped the team get to midfield and just pass that for Joseph to hit that game-winning field goal. So he's my player to watch for the Vikings. Who's going to guard him? That's the question. Adore Jackson is my player to watch for the New York Giants if he even plays. All that we've heard so far this week is positive, 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 positive news about Adoree Jackson. As the days have continued, starting on Monday with Brian Dable and his press conferences, oh, it seems like Adoree Jackson will play, like he's looking good to go for this week. Even Xavier McKinney is making comments in the locker room saying that, well, we got Adoree back too, so yeah, that's going to be a big step for us on defense. Oh yeah, he's going to be there. He's definitely going to be there for sure. He's still questionable, and even when Dory Jackson was asked, I know, again, he's not going to be like, yeah, I'm out there. Well, when McKinney was asked about playing the game, he said, yeah, I'm going to be in there. There's no way I'm not going to be there for the for the Colts game. Uh, when Dory Jackson was asked about the game, he was like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to be in, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I mean, you can go and look at beat reporters, and I think Jordan Ronan had the, the quote in his one of his tweets, but when he asked Dory Jackson that he's going to play, Jackson was like, no, I might, I, I, I don't know for sure. So it seems that Brian Dable and Xavier McKinney are more confident about Adore Jackson playing than himself, unless he's just not kind of directly addressing the question, unless he 100% knows he's going to play. Um, so that's my player to watch for the New York Giants. It's Adore Jackson. It's a guy that would be covering Justin Jefferson if he does play and he's on the field for the majority of snaps. So how is that match going to go? Because it's going to be a key matchup in this game, along with 
a, a lot of really important ones, but it's CB1 versus wide receiver one, WR1, if you want to do those abbreviations. And uh, those are my two players to watch. All right, so for my Vikings player to watch, I'm looking back at that December 24th game, um, and I'm looking who scored the most touchdowns on the Giants. Oh, this guy. He scored two touchdowns, had eight receptions, had 109 yards receiving. TJ Hawkinson destroyed the Giants. Uh, I remember that week because he had a crazy amount of fantasy points, uh, and I was playing against him too, and I didn't even realize really in the game uh, that he was destroying us that much uh, when watching. But then I looked at my fantasy and I'm like, oh my God, he played crazy. So I, I'm kind of thinking he's a guy who's almost hidden some of his production, uh, even on tape or when you're watching the game initially, because everyone's eyes are on Justin Jefferson. And I think when you don't really have a great matchup in terms of a coverage linebacker or a great coverage safety who can take that guy on, you know, we see these mismatches with, you know, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. And I don't think TJ Hawkinson is that far off these guys. I think he's certainly a top five tight end in this league. And I think his production since getting to Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, his connection with him has been very good. And I think the Giants are going to have to watch out uh, for his threat, especially in the red zone. And uh, I think he's going to be a guy that you're going to have to watch out for. And I'm sure Brian Dable and his coaching staff, particularly Wink Martindale, are looking into how he got open so often. Um, a few weeks ago. And then for my Giants player to watch, I think in the playoffs, you need your best players to shine, to go crazy. And I think the Giants' best player is Dexter Lawrence. And I think if the Giants are going to want to win this game, they're going to need to get pressure on Kirk Cousins, whether that is Kayvon Thibodeau or Zizo Jolari on the outside, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence on the inside. It does seem like the Vikings starting center, Bradbury, is going to be playing. He was a full participant in practice today, but I think Dexter Lawrence, we saw what he did to Quentin Nelson. I think this guy can really show up in a playoff game, maybe a couple of sacks, lots of pressures on the QB, and stuffing that run game uh, against Alvin Cook, Alexander Madison, whoever it may be. And I think he's just going to be a crucial, crucial player uh, for this Giants defense if they want to stop this hot Vikings offense. Good stuff, Alex. Good stuff. We'll have to see what our, our players do in this game. But honestly... It's not even about that, man. It's just getting the win at the end of the day. I mean, these players in the game, during the regular season, when we come on these recap episodes, especially after a win and your guy does well, you come out here and you're like, look at this. I called this that he was going to do good. Even in a loss, you're like, well, look at this. At least I called the player of the game. You know, this is something that we have to continue because we're doing it all our preview episodes. We can't just stop now because it's a wild card game. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about how these individuals do. It's how the team does collectively as one. And if they're collectively good as a unit, it doesn't matter how many, you know, tackles Adoree Jackson gets or sacks Dexter Lawrence gets. It's about the Giants getting the win here. And that's what we're going to talk about now. Our score predictions for this game. I'm going to start and I'm crazy, man, for doing this. I'm I, knowing me again, if you're I, I mentioned it earlier, but if you're an experienced day one listener from the, that 2020 season, whatever it is, you know that I'm a pessimist in everything I do. It's not just the New York Giants and every, everything I do. I had a test today and you know, what's actually funny, Alex, and maybe this is like a thing. This has to do with the Giants game. So I had a kid next to me while I was taking the test and you know, before we were taking the test and he's like, bro, I'm going to fail this man. Like I'm literally going to fail. this. like, I'm not going to do well. And it was really weird. And I never do this. Even when, even though my parents are always like, say, do this. Or my friends are like, it's fine. You'll do well. Like say that to yourself. I actually never do. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fail too, man. Like I'm going to fail. I just didn't listen to him. I mean, I feel bad, but like I, I just ignored him 
And I was just like said to myself in my head and I was like, no, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. Like you got this. I think you're right. And I'm just saying that in my head. I got an 85. It's a pretty good freaking grade on that test. So normally as a pessimist, I come into this game, this wild card game, the old Josh giving it to the Vikings all day, blowout Vikings going New York Giants win this game. Not only do the New York football Giants win this game, 27 points scored by this Giants offense. 16 scored by the Vikings. And that is my score prediction. Wow. I'm I'm shocked. Um, I thought you were going to be picking the Vikings for sure. And then you picked the Giants by 11 whole points. Um, I, I'm, I'm so dumbfounded. I don't even know if I can say my prediction at this point. Um, I have the Giants winning 24-23, a one-point game. I think it's going to be close. These, t- t- these two teams, um, I think, are quite evenly matched. Uh, especially with the inconsistencies of Kirk Cousins, as we know, in the playoffs and in big games. Um, And I'm hoping uh, that this scoreline, it doesn't matter if it's 24-23 or 84-23, as long as it's a W, that's all that matters here for the Giants. Um, And I'm hoping, you know, either of us are right. It doesn't matter. I'm sure Josh would say the same thing. As much as it might be painful to watch a nail-biter game, um, you know, I'm used to it as long as it turns out uh, with a W at the end of the day and Giants move on, uh, you know, in the playoffs and advance this crazy uh, and, you know, unprecedented season with Brian Dable. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited, man, for this game. I, I always love watching the playoffs. I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge NFL playoffs fan. I watch every single game of the playoffs. Giants are never in it. So it's always like, oh, that sucks. But, you know, I still want to watch playoff football. But now I get to watch playoff football and my New York Giants are in, uh, and I get to watch them on Super Wild Card Weekend. And hopefully next year, uh, you know, we get to see them again, uh, even farther than they may get this year. But hey, I'm not, I'm not going to not believe that they can't go all the way this year. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. And it, <laughs> again, I, you were, you're older than me. You're actually almost a year older than me. Uh, but I am 17 years old. And in that 2011, 2012 season, I don't remember it. I'm not going to lie to you at all. I do not remember as a Giants fan being six years old. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't remember experiencing the Giants playoff run there, the Super Bowl even. This is going to be a different, a different me on Sunday. I don't know what I'm thinking. I mean, as a Giants fan, like, clinging on for dear life during a normal regular season game, hoping for them to get the win. My nerves are going to be shot up a hundred levels on Sunday. I'm going to be bouncing off the walls. Very, you know, I'm going to be shaking, uh, but very nervous. So I don't know how that's going to go, but I want to do one more thing before we wrap up and I, and we've been doing it all episode, uh, but I do want to get to like the final points and Alex, you can bring your points. I have my points. So I I do want to get them out here on offense and defense about what this Giants team is going to kind of bring and what they should bring. Uh, So first of all, I want to click on offense and just say that the Giants are in the perfect place uh, when it comes to offense than they have been the entire season. Daniel Jones, and these wide receivers that have stepped up like Darius Lane and Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James are at their peak. I know that they were benched in that Philly game and I wish that they were, you know, that was a different situation where the starters came in and thrived. But if you looked at two weeks ago, that was the best Giants offense we've seen all season. Alex, I don't know if you can debate me on that. Are you going to debate me? Do you agree with me? I think that was the best Giants offense we saw. I agree. I agree. You agree. You agree. So, yeah. I think this team is in the right place at the right time. If you're going to bring it at any point, do it in the late part of the season. And that's where they are. Daniel Jones has been thriving all year. Let's get him that contract. So 
He's ready. I think Jones is ready. He's always been a non-talkative guy, but a silent leader. And I think he's really meant to lead this team in his own way through a playoff run. I think it's possible for him to absolutely ball out in this game and show a national audience that he is that guy that can run for two touchdowns and throw for one. And that's his own thing. That's his own way. You don't, I mean, yes, you, you, yes, you see like the Lamar Jackson's doing that, but you don't see it in the way that Daniel Jones does it. I mean, you, you even, even as I've seen Daniel Jones uh, as a guy with his legs, I don't really consider him a mobile quarterback. I don't consider him mobile. Like I don't put him on the same level as the old Russell Wilson, not the Broncos country. Let's ride Russell Wilson, but the Seahawks, Russell Wilson or the, or the Lamar Jackson's or the Kyler Murray's. I don't call him a mobile quarterback, but you like he just takes off on a second and eight and runs for twenty seven yards. You're like, what? Is, what is going on right now? And then he runs for two touchdowns and he throws for two. And you're like, what is going on right now? He's lowering his shoulder, banging into defensive tackles and middle linebackers and putting them on the ground. This guy will fight for your team, and he's putting his head and definitely his heart on the line for this game. Um, so credit to Daniel Jones and. I think the Giants offense is in a perfect place at this time. That's what I wanted to say on offense and just continuing to run the ball and to pass the ball to those guys. Um, I think I, I really don't think pounding the ball with Saquon Barkley is necessary. I think if we use his receiver as well, it, it's it's game over. I, I do. I don't think the Vikings can cover these guys. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting chills by your inspirational and motivation, uh, motivating speech. Do you have anything on uh, offense before I shift the defense? I mean, offensively, I don't think anyone can deny Daniel Jones' work rate, his drive to be a better player each and every day. And I'm rooting for the guy. I got his jersey. Everyone laughed at me when I got his jersey. He said, he's going to be gone in a couple of years. And who knows? He might be getting a long-term contract this year. And what decides whether or not, hey, you're going to get a long-term contract or not is these big games. Win in your in-game against the Colts. He proved it there. Can he prove it in the playoffs his first time in his fourth year uh, with the New York Giants? And I hope he can. I really, really hope he can. And then just my shift to defense is about Wink Martindale and his defensive system. He's done it all year. He's brought the house. He's brought the blitz. We know this. He sends his cornerbacks. He sends his safeties. He sends, he'll send someone in the bleachers if he really wants to. He'll just call a guy down three rows up and be like, hey, you look kind of tall and strong. You want to come down? He'll, he'll send him on the blitz, I'm sure, too. Uh, but Wink Martindale said in press conferences this week that he has no problem, no issue, no worry sending the house on Kirk Cousins. He wants to put him on his ass. We know this. He wants to sit him down. And so do the defensive linemen. How much do you think, Alex, rookie Kayvon Thibodeau in a packed Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, of course, I don't know their stadium, but in a packed stadium in Minnesota, wants to silence the crowd and do shh to all the crowd and put his finger over his lips. We know how Kayvon Thibodeau likes to celebrate. We saw that against the Colts. Um, so I'm sure he wants to get that sack. Dexter Lawrence wants to do that dance. Come on. I mean, we we know how much these guys want it. They have hunger in that locker room. Um, Alex, <laughs> uh, if you're listening, well, you are listening because that's the only way we're putting this out. But uh, Alex is doing his little dance, getting himself hyped for the game just there uh, in the picture. But Wink Martindale, what you're going to see is his blitzing. And we saw it in the last game. Now, was that a factor? Be- like how the Giants lost? Yes, because he blitzed especially on that final drive, on that Greg Joseph game-winning drive, 
he lets wide receivers get open on lower talented level cornerbacks because we didn't have a Dory Jackson. I think we didn't have Fabian Moreau in that game either, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know for sure. I think we were definitely down. We, I know we were down to Dory Jackson. We might have been down another uh, high cornerback on our depth chart too. Um, but that's what happens when you send a blitz. So that's not going to stop him. And what I hope is that you have to uh, force Kirk Cousins turnovers, whether that's a fumble, whether that's an interception. If we can do at least one of those two things, because the Giants isn't high on the takeaways list in the NFL. They don't really force many of them, I believe. Um, If they're able to force a Kirk Cousins interception, that's another thing that can really shift this game towards their direction. So on offense, I guess it would be Let's see another Daniel Jones thriving type of game, a stat line that he put up against the Colts, something like that. Um, And then if we can even get that interception on defense, that'll help so much more. Um, But that's really what I wanted to do before we wrapped up. Do you have anything on the defense, Alex? Not really, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking about how this is the biggest Giants game uh, that I've watched in, you know, in years now. Um, The last time, you know, obviously being Super Bowl 2011, uh, you know, I still remember that Manning to Manningham catch, um, you know, how excited I was. Um, of course, at the time, I thought they were brothers uh, because their last names were so similar. I'm not even joking. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it, I, that was such a great moment. Uh, the Giants winning that Super Bowl. And I just hope to have that kind of feeling, um, even though this is just a wild card game uh, as a more older and developed person. Uh, I'd love to feel that sense of victory once again. And I do want to say one more thing. I just remembered the uh, 2016 playoffs. That game I do remember against the Packers. And I believe they had that. Not uh, one you want to remember. Not one you want to remember. Terrible game. Uh, They actually, I I believe Aaron Rodgers had a Hail Mary to head into halftime. A Hail Mary for a touchdown, if I remember that correctly. So let's not have that happen again. Uh, But, you know, I could talk about this forever. So you don't want to hear me talk about it any longer. Uh, All I have to say here is, again, subscribe. We really appreciate you listening. We will uh, be here for the recap on uh, Monday, Sunday night, whatever it is, regardless of the results. And, uh, you know, you can subscribe on our podcast, Spotify, go to shipstudios.com slash giant take to check out a bunch of places to listen. Social media channels will be active on those on Sunday, I'm sure. The Giant Take Pod on Twitter and TikTok, the Giant Take Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, Alex on Twitter at Inorian23. I'm on Twitter at Joshola29. And, um, Alex, I'll send it to you now uh, with one final, one final, one final thing. And I'm following the Giants here. I'm, I'm helping their promotion. It, well, what is it, Alex? Should I ask you the question or should I just say it? Just say it because I'm probably like not going to know the answer and it's going to be all awkward. Well, I was just going to, what? It, the, I, I do know the answer, but I was yeah. making a joke. Don't worry about it. It's, just go ahead. <laughs> it's our way. Yes, sir. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this first playoff preview episode in Giant Take history, and we hope to see you uh, later uh, in the week or later in the weekend or after the Vikings game. Uh, I don't know. I'm having so much trouble there with our first Giants playoff victory recap, and we'll see you then. Peace.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.